We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we talk about how Judaism influences our appreciation of pop culture and how pop culture links back to our appreciation of Jewish texts, ritual, and tradition. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. Shana Tova, happy 5784, as we record this days after we welcomed in the new year. And we are talking about a movie that actually came out in 5783, uh, but really is dropping differently on digital in 5784, the Disney Pixar animation film Elemental. Elemental was supposed to be Disney's hit animated film of the summer, uh, much like we found uh, with uh, previous iterations of their animated films. Uh, it wasn't as successful in the box office, but now that it is streaming on Disney Plus, it is finding a different wave of success. Mike, do you want to tell us about Elemental? Sure. So uh, Elemental uh, follows, uh, it's set in a world where elements are people, <laughs> right? So, uh, and this is not the periodic table of elements. This is, you know, classical, you know, uh, uh, Greek physics, uh, of, uh, you know, there are, are uh, four basic elements, uh, earth, uh, wind, fire, and water. Um, uh, of course, as we all know from watching Captain Planet, there's also the element of heart that doesn't get play in Elemental, but maybe- That's what brings sequel, the, the team together. They, they got to they they, they say something for the sequel uh, in Elemental, I guess. So, uh, so these uh, four elements uh, live together in, uh, in a, a place uh, called- uh, element city uh but uh there is a uh hierarchy of uh elements in and element. element city is really the 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 urban melting pot right they all came from their own elemental areas that's right um and uh and element city is really dominated in a lot of ways by uh by the water people uh and uh, the newest wave of immigrants to element city are the fire people including the protagonists of the movie uh, Bernie and Cinder Lumen, wink, get it, uh, and their daughter Ember, wink, get it, uh, who uh, uh, moved from Firetown. What was the place that they were uh, from? Fire Island. Fire what? Island. Sure. <laughs> Fire Island is where where we uh, vacation over the summer. Oh, lovely. Uh, so they uh, they they uh, immigrate to Element City from Firetown, Fire Island, uh, and uh, and find uh, you know both the uh, you know, opportunity of a new land and uh, 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 fleeing uh, some of the challenges of, uh, of of life in their in their home country, but also finding, of course, uh, a lot of difficulty, um, uh, latent uh, xenophobia, uh, systemic uh, hurdles to progress uh, in their newfound homeland. Uh, Bernie and Cinder open up a a, a storefront. Uh, in the uh, fire town section of Element City, uh, which is sort of like a, a, a play on a, on a Chinatown. There's the the fire uh, elements are 
kind of loosely based on on different kinds of Asian cultures, it seems to me. Um, and uh, and they are, you know, trying to uh, make it in in this new place and also to pass on their traditions uh, to uh, their uh, daughter, Ember, uh, who uh, they want to uh, uh, carry on their legacy, carry on their traditions and uh, to to uh, represent the promise of uh, having built a new life for themselves in Element City, uh, including carrying on uh, this uh, shop that they had started uh, when they when they immigrated there. Uh, unfortunately, Ember has uh, a very hot temper, uh, and uh, there is, I think, uh, uh, layers of uh, generational trauma and uh, and and kind of uh, repressed trauma uh, that comes through in, uh, in an environment where you kind of have to you know, hide uh, significant portions of yourself. She explodes uh, one day in, in the shop uh, and uh, causes a massive water leak in the shop, which is deadly for, uh, for, for fire people. It snuffs them out. Uh, but getting sucked into the shop um, is a uh, city water inspector uh, named Wade Ripple. Uh, and uh, Wade and uh, Ember have kind of a meet cute in that uh, in that moment. Uh, and, they, and, and uh, the water race and ethnicity uh, has a lot of privilege in yes. Element City. Right. So the right. So the, the like I mentioned before, the water race is sort of the dominant uh, uh, element in Element City. Uh, um, uh, quite possibly not the indigenous uh, element in Element City. That's uh, uh, at least very strongly hinted at in in the film. So there's layers of uh, uh, colonial colonial settler. Uh, uh, sentiment uh, within uh, within Element City. Uh, anyway, Wade and uh, and Ember meet. Uh, they you know they have sort of a, a meet cute. Uh, and uh, uh, Wade, although you know has a, a job to do as a as a water inspector, uh, and uh, writes so many tickets uh, that uh, he ends up uh, putting the shop in danger of getting shut down. Uh, but not wanting the shop to get shut down, certainly not wanting to be responsible for the shop getting shut down. Uh, Ember follows Wade to City Hall to try to uh, to try to uh, turn things around, uh, which kind of sets off a course of events uh, in which uh, the the two uh, go on a search to figure out where the leak is coming from in the first place to try to fix the leak uh, in order to get the tickets revoked and the shop saved. Uh, it looks like they are able to do that uh, until their uh, temporary solution of putting tempered glass over uh, the the crack in, in a dam that's causing the leak um, ends up not holding ultimately, uh, causing massive flooding, catastrophic flooding of uh, of, of Firetown uh, and, uh, and, and endangering uh, everybody. Uh, meanwhile, Ember and Wade start a romance, uh, an unlikely uh, and somewhat forbidden romance, uh, maybe even dangerous romance, because we're not sure what their contact with one another will do to either or both of them. Uh, and uh, that is played with uh, in, in the course of the movie, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in the in the fullness of a Pixar movie, uh, there are uh, moments of crying. Uh, the water people cry readily uh, and uh Audiences of Pixar movies like myself uh, all cry sometimes along with them. Uh, a lot of heartwarming elements, and uh, of course, a, a happy ending uh, for the uh, for the young couple, and an opportunity for uh, Ember to uh, find herself while also honoring her parents' traditions. To become uh, an that's artist. A, what? Become an artist. To become an artist, a, a glass artist. 
uh, with her uh, with her with her fire powers. Um, okay, uh, Jesse, uh, that may be you know too much of an introduction. The the the, the story is actually somewhat simple and straightforward what is present is you know a very imaginative world of these elements uh beautiful as always art artistry by the pixar folks um a, a resonant emotional story and a uh, a reflection on uh the immigrant experience um on uh on on uh bias and racism and uh, uh structural and systemic uh, racism uh, that uh, that that endures in society. It's really a, a parable for our own world. Um, what did you think of? Let's just talk about the movie itself. What did you think of Elemental? You saw it this summer, and and just to put a point on what you said, this is one like you said, Disney uh, had thought that this was going to be you know their big tentpole Pixar movie for the summer. It kind of flew under the radar for various reasons. Um, it started to grow uh, uh, in its run as sort of a sleeper hit. Um, it it uh, it actually had been uh, picking up steam and popularity by word of mouth because people actually saw it and, and liked it. Um, uh, and maybe it will have you know new life and new currency now that it's it's on streaming. Um, but what did you think about Elemental and and how where's it ranked to you in in the Pixar canon? Yeah, it was not the box office flop that people uh, thought it was. Um, it grossed well over half a billion dollars um, globally. It actually did much better globally than domestically. Um, I think uh, that may be more about a willingness uh, outside of this or more of an excitement outside of our country to go back to movie theaters and not be as dependent on streaming as we are in this country. But I assume that this movie will do much like Encanto did, that uh, Encanto had a very short run, unsuccessful run, in theaters, but really uh, dominated uh, in viewership when it went on streaming. And I suspect that same will happen with Elemental. I love Elemental. I cried. If I, I asked my six-year-old uh, what she thought, she said she loved it. And I asked her what the movie was about. And she said, the fire and the water kissed, right? So, uh -huh. so that's what she cared about. Um, uh, much of the themes. My, my six-year-old and uh, eight-year-old were, 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 were not fans of oh, the, uh, of the kiss. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I, I think much of the themes went over children's heads and, and really hit me hard uh, as an adult because they were quite powerful. I, I think in many ways, this is quite the Jewish film or, or the film uh, about the American Jewish experience. But I think many uh, immigrant communities can say the same thing. It was quite powerful uh, as a leader in the American Jewish community, where we struggle with both the balance of assimilation and acculturation and how uh, for every generation that has been here, uh, that hasn't immigrated, emigrated from another country uh, to here, they struggle with uh, what role faith and religion and, and uh, custom and ritual plays in their lives. Um, I, I think of the stories of Eastern European, even of uh, apocryphal nature, of Eastern European Jews uh, throwing over their their tefillin uh, as the their ships approached Ellis Island. Because to be American meant you had to leave your Judaism behind. And they associated that Judaism with pogrom and with bigotry and with tragedy. And you see uh, generations of really assimilated Jews. And now you see generations of Jews who who are, are embracing ritual, uh, you know, fourth generation American Jews who, who are, are seeking ritual and seeking Jewish community. 
um, I, I see that a lot. I see this was a story and a tension about um, intermarriage, um, right? That this was a, a really about um, the waters and the fires. Uh, and it's so fascinating how lovingly uh, Wade's water family embraced Ember. Um, e- even if some of it was like a, a uncomfortable forced sense of wokeism or, or something like that, they really embraced her. Um, and it was, um, Ember's family who was totally against her dating Wade. Um, not surprising, you know, that the sometimes, uh, being part of a minority group, um, you feel uh, more tense um when your child is dating somebody outside of the faith or outside your ethnicity because you are prioritizing hanging on to to the culture of that minority um where if you are part of a dominant part of society then you don't see that that big of a deal right uh, you know when uh christians may date uh, uh somebody who's jewish they say some of my best friends are jewish right that they don't see it as that big of a deal because they don't understand what it means to be a minority they don't understand what it means to be an outcast um and we are our leaders right who work on building an inclusive jewish community who understands that interfaith families are jewish families that interfaith homes are jewish homes and that is part of the diversity and the beauty of uh judaism and we talk about the jewish immigrant experience uh, part of the success of the jewish immigrant is intermarriage, right? That part of the reason that intermarriage wasn't prevalent in parts of Eastern Europe, that sort of thing, is because of how Jews were ostracized and scapegoated uh, and lived in shtetls and weren't welcomed into society. The success of Jews in this country is be- has led to an increase uh, uh, in intermarriage. And they and that's not a bad thing. That means that we are fully and wholly accepted as Americans, as successful Americans in society. Uh, and it means that there are many definitions of what a Jewish family and what a Jewish home may look like. Yeah. So I, I also uh, uh, really like this movie. Uh, I, I went in with, with somewhat low expectations because it, you know, did fly under my radar screen over the summer, which I assumed meant that it was not Pixar's greatest outing. For the record, I told Mike over the summer when I saw this movie on one of those rainy day beach vacation days where the only thing to do is go to the movies or go bowling. I told Mike that he should see this because my family loved it. Yeah, and I, it's not that I didn't believe you. It's just that it was not uh, high on my priority list uh, for, for movies this summer. And uh, um but or on my kids, for that matter, I asked my kids, you want to go see Elemental? They all said no. So um, uh, but they were all very excited to see it when it came out on uh, on Disney Plus. And, um, you know, I, uh, I I'm a I'm a generally a, a big fan of, of Pixar's stuff. I think that, you know, obviously there there are uh, now, you know, we're now in an era of Pixar where there are uh, hits and misses. We're, we're no longer in an era where uh, Pixar is really flawless uh, and uh, and and can do no wrong. That's um, because well, Pixar is also also guilty of the sequel syndrome, right? Nobody yeah, needs sure. Cars three. Well, right for you know, I uh, we didn't talk about, and I think for good reason, we didn't talk about Lightyear last summer um, because you know, and 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 we you know, I watched it and it was fine, but it was like kind of dull and you yeah. know, well, ultimately not all that all that uh, all that engrossing. But the um, but you know what, this movie I think captures what when Pixar does 
things well, what they do well, you know, uh, um, rich, inventive uh, uh, artwork and uh, uh, emotionally resonant uh, storytelling, uh, uh, stories that, you know, work uh, both for adult audiences and for kids simultaneously that, that, that all can enjoy without having, you know, recourse to the sort of like winking uh, pop culture heavy uh, 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 voice work heavy, uh, uh, um, celebrity voice work heavy, uh, stuff that like say universal, uh, puts out, um, uh, 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 you know, or the, or the kind of, you know, infantile humor of, of like the minions, uh, uh, franchise. Right. So, so this, I think had a lot of that. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, I, I felt like there were shades of, um, a, a lot of other Pixar movies in this, you know, especially, um, turning red, which we talked about, uh, I guess now a, a year or two ago, yeah, um, which was a similar kind of story about, uh, you know, an immigrant family, um, you know, uh, with uh, the mother of an immigrant family trying to ensure uh, that her uh, daughter uh, embraced and carried on uh, the family's traditions and the family's legacy, and the daughter wanting to, you know, chart her own course and chart her own path. This is slightly different in the sense that Ember. Uh, had much more of a sense of um, responsibility and respect, and respect. I would say, yeah, a sense of responsibility, a sense of respect um, to 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 uh, protect uh, what her parents worked so hard to uh, to to secure, and holding back her own dreams uh, because of that. So that's actually you know kind of an interesting uh, um, double feature to to reflect on these kind of two different aspects of the immigrant experience the desire simultaneously to kind of like pull away and chart your own course and be part of uh the 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 new culture and and to flourish in that context and the impulse uh to um you know to hold on uh and preserve uh what uh what what uh what our parents have and so and i i thought it worked on on all those levels so um i i i, I thought it was a a really good outing for pixar and and uh, hopefully a return to form for them um and i i agree you know it, it, it raised really i think uh provocative questions about uh a, a couple of aspects of um you know what it means to be a minority uh, in a majority culture and a hegemonic culture, right? So it, it's it was not surprising to me that Wade's family was so embracing of Ember, but the expectation I think in in Wade's family embracing Ember, or at least the confidence of Wade's family in embracing Ember, was that that their um, cultural identity would not be lost in that relationship. Right. Um, uh, if, you know, we got a sequel and Ember had, you know, made uh, had had convinced not made, but convinced Wade to convert to fireism. Right. Um, and it might be actually a very different movie. Right. And having to have uh, Wade's family wrestle with what it means to, you know, kind of uh, uh, lose that aspect of, uh, of of their of their own family's heritage and their own family's. Uh, lineage. That's not something that they're concerned about. So of course they're welcoming uh, Ember. Whereas uh, uh, Ember's parents, um, I think, have understandable and legitimate concerns that you know to to uh, to partner up with a with a water person will mean uh, you know snuffing her out. Right, uh, the very thick metaphor there of you know totally subsuming her uh, her identity. Um, 
Uh, and that she like, would have to entirely give up what it means to be a fire person in order to live a life with a water person. Right. And I mean, and that is reflected in the, you know, geography of the, of the city, right. The, the fire people, you know, really are living in a, in, in a ghetto as uh, of sorts, um, uh, you know, very, very cordoned off. Uh, and that, you know, you can see as they move through society, right. Um, people don't really want them to be integrated by and large, or, or at least structurally, they haven't set up society in order for them to be integrated. Um, so there's both of those things at play there. Um, and, uh, and so you can, uh, it's a sort of certainly like really understandable in that dynamic, you know, why, uh, Ember's parents might be very reticent to have her go off, uh, you know, with, with, with the, with the water people. Um, it, it, this is a really tough, uh, issue that we, you know, l- like you said, uh, we both, uh, strive to have uh, in- inclusive rabbinates that recognize that there are lots of different kinds of Jewish families, lots of different ways of uh, of, of embracing and expressing Judaism, uh, and that uh, uh, for a Jewish person to marry somebody who is not Jewish is more of a reflection of just, you know, uh, who we tend to interact with and socialize with in a lot of ways what we, you know, uh, what we, what we've always wanted to have in our, in our culture. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a reflection of that and not a, not what my parents' generation, my, certainly my grandparents' generation would have thought was that it was a rejection of Judaism, a rejection of Jewish identity. It's, it's, it tends my, my sense is not to be um, a a rejection of Judaism, um, uh, but a, but just a, you know, a fact of life that, you know, we, we, we fall in love with the people we, uh, encounter and interact with on a, on a daily basis. If we're in a multicultural society, um, and, and when we're, uh, especially if you're living in a place like Richmond, Virginia, uh, where you go to, you know, public schools, uh, or even the private schools and most people you interact with, you know, starting from your teenage years are not going to be Jewish. Um, you, chances are good. You are not going to be dating, uh, Jewish people and you are not going to be, uh, therefore ending up marrying Jewish people, um, unless you make a really concerted effort to. Right. They used to say, uh, statistically that, that it was going to on Israel trips and going to a Jewish camp and going to a Jewish school or going to a university with a large Hillel that you would end up marrying somebody who's Jewish, but Jews have, because of the, um, the percentage, the very high percentage of higher education degrees that the Jewish community has in America, um, specifically graduate degrees, Jews end up getting married and starting families much later in life than non-Jews in America. Uh, And so it's actually not uh, who you went to college with. But if most Jews are are getting married in their late 20s, early 30s, um, then it's who you socialize with. And more often than not, who do you spend your time socializing with? Colleagues. Right. It's, it's, it's who you work with now. Different dating apps have helped uh, to help you find people who you want to date, um, but it's who you end up socializing with. And it, that has nothing to do with your commitment to Judaism. That has nothing to do with your commitment to ritual. Uh, who you fall in love with is who you fall in love with. And it's not a rejection of faith. Um, but in some ways you are committed to your faith and you love this person. Right? They're not mutually exclusive. Right. Uh, listen, I think that there's also uh, I, I, I'm I'm wary about painting with too broad a brush. Um, not in the sense that I think that uh, interdating intermarriage is, you know, for for most people a rejection of Judaism. I think that sometimes 
Um, it can be, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be uh, uh, so judgmental about it. Uh, so I, I don't mean to, to, to this is, I don't mean this in judgment. Um, I, I mean, it kind of as a simple fact that um, uh, that Jewish particularity um, is not the highest value. Uh, uh, right. So like if, if, if you believe uh, that, um, uh, that, that, you know, your, your, uh, uh, your faith, your cultural expression, your you know the, the dominant modes and, and and rhythms of your life. Um, if if those uh, if you if those are or you want those to be Jewish, um, chances are, my guess is, um, you are going to prioritize finding a partner that also. Uh, now you may not necessarily find a partner that that shares those commitments and shares those values, but you're but you're going to be looking more readily for a partner that does um now that's i don't mean that to be judgmental in the sense to say that like you know somebody who uh falls in love with a jewish person who falls in love with and 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 and, and wants to marry gets married to somebody who's not jewish doesn't care about judaism i think that a lot of times there is a sense and again this is a sense that we've taught and reinforced in a lot of ways in some ways i think it's true that there is a lot of shared values uh between the jewish tradition and jewish culture and you know uh, american society generally speaking uh, but in particular christian american society uh, you know we 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 often talk about even though i think it's a problematic expression for for a number of reasons we often talk about the judeo christian tradition christians talk about the judeo christian tradition so i think that that a lot of times um i, I think that there there is a sense that even if judaism is important to me um, that it's not a it's not a contradiction it's not a conflict like we can make it work um and um uh and 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 i think that that's true for a lot of people uh it, it can be made to work in really beautiful rich meaningful ways where uh, uh you know judaism is still a, 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 a an important part of at least the jewish partner's life if not you know, a significant part of the, uh, maybe the dominant part of the households, the family's uh, life, um, but not always. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's harder to navigate. Yeah. But what we also know is that uh, sometimes that is often based on how welcoming and inclusive the Jewish community is. Right. If somebody feels like they are being ostracized from the Jewish community uh, and that is presented to them by their rabbi or by their synagogue, or by their family, uh, then they're not going to try to hold on to Jewish ritual. Then, then they're going to feel uh, outcast, and, and they're going to have want nothing to do with Judaism. But uh, if uh, we welcome people in with open arms and help them find their place in, in Jewish community, then they're going to figure out what their Jewish home looks like for themselves. And you'd be surprised what, what that looks like, right? Uh, in my own community, we have interfaith families that send their kids to day school and interfaith families that have kosher homes and interfaith families that send their kids to Jewish camp um, and interfaith families that come every Shabbat. Uh, that, that means different things to different people. Um, and uh, I believe that if a community wasn't warm and welcoming to embrace those families, then they wouldn't want to have anything to do with that. You know, and I see that, right? I see that with not, not I, I don't want to uh, compare, right? This Pixar movie to, to, um, to our, our own uh, families in the Jewish community. But you see that with Ember's parents, they, they reject even the notion of her going on a date, of her socializing with somebody outside of her culture and ethnicity and, and faith. 
um, and um, you see that rejection. However, right, it's almost like a guess who's coming to dinner, right? They come around at the end, right? They 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 really come around at the end. It may not be the way that Ember wants them to come around, but it's a learning curve. And I think back to the flashback of Ember's parents leaving their filer island nation, wherever they were coming from, for Elemental City, right? Le- leaving the old worlds, leaving their home country uh, for this melting pot uh, uh, of a city. Um, and there's that powerful uh, bow that that they do, which is the, right their, their, their ritual, the way that they show that they love and give approval. And Ember's father, as a young parent who's going to Elemental City for a new opportunity for his daughter, because he knows that that's where things will be better for them. Land of opportunity, right? That's why so many Jewish immigrants came to America for land of opportunity, safety, safe haven, success. And he bends and bows and prostrates before his parents and they turn their backs and they don't respond. And powerfully, as Ember and Wade prepare to go on this this train for just to become an artist, to go to art school, to start her new life, she does that at the end of the film, and her parents do the same. Her father does the same. And by that point, I was bawling. Right when I saw that, I, I was crying. Uh, my daughter was like, "Why are you crying? Are they going to kiss again?" <laughs> like yeah. that's what she was interested right. in. But 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 it was so powerful to see how much of an impact you can have on somebody wanting to stay part of community uh, if you accept and embrace their decisions instead of ostracize them and push them away. Yeah, uh, I, I, and that was a really powerful moment uh, to me too. Uh, and you know, and I, I think you know what I would what I want to see is you know what happens next for uh, Ember and and Wade, right? Um, you know, is she able? to um you know to to assimilate in both directions right is she able to uh both you know kind of pursue her new life as part of this you know wider uh non-fire world um while also uh holding on to uh the you know the 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 traditions that she's inheriting from her parents that she's demonstrating loyalty to and and respect for and that she's receiving in return uh acceptance and approval and, and embrace like is it is it an, is it going to be enough right um and uh and 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 in you know to the extent that it's not enough for you know to um you know like what happens when first of all i wonder what their kids are gonna i i like i kept on like wondering what, about the physics of this of this world that they're in you know uh like sometimes uh, things seem to put out other things and like end their life. And sometimes they don't, you know, Wade has a, you know, kind of miraculous resurrection uh, from condensation in the, in the ceiling of a, of, of a boiler room. Water, man. Water, water. does crazy things. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, and, and, but then there's also this scene where uh, uh, Ember is able to go underwater in like a, an air bubble. Um, and I wasn't exactly sure how that worked. Um, so there's something about the physics of this movie. So I don't know what their kids are going to be like if they have kids. Uh, that well, will be- I, I, I'm not sure how fires and waters reproduce anyway. Uh, I mean, clearly they do though, right? Cause yeah, like- but, but, but I, I'm pretty sure it's different than the way, uh, uh, mammals reproduce. Well, listen, we should find out 
<laughs> maybe, maybe you know this. Maybe, become, maybe that will be the sequel. <laughs> maybe the, you know this. This maybe this movie will be so successful that uh, that it'll get in the Pixar sequel machine. Um, but but I would I want to know right. Um, uh, like what what comes from uh this relationship as it carries forward the themes and tensions that we're talking about uh in this movie. And I also want to know, by the way, um uh, about uh about like how or whether it has any impact on the wider society of uh, elemental uh, of element city right does does the the fact that these you know uh elements are now uh commingling right uh intermarrying um uh you know gain more acceptance does it have an impact in gaining more acceptance for the fire people in in element city does it have an impact in building bridges of relationships between the fire people and and the water people uh beyond this this one family um i want to know and and again i think it was only hinted at unless i missed something that um that the water people were not the indigenous uh, uh elements in element city uh maybe the land people were or, or something and uh and 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 yet the water people have really kind of come to dominate uh, Element City is there going to be a reckoning for the role the water people have played in um, in uh, in really kind of submerging as it were Element City in wateriness? Um, I I feel like there has to be a conversation and a reckoning around that. Yeah, I mean it's a good point, uh, but that only comes when we stop othering people, right? When 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 we don't know what somebody has been through. And it's only like news when we don't hear the firsthand account, then it's very easy for us to just put it off. Um, I use this example for our shofar service during during Rosh Hashanah that the mission debates about whether or not hearing an amplification of the shofar fulfills our obligation of hearing the shofar. And we're asked why. Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi refers, connects the, the shofar blast to uh, psychologists uh, referring to our primal scream. Mm-hmm. And the difference is that when we hear about somebody's tragedy versus somebody telling us about their tragedy, we respond differently, right? It's so easy for us to turn the channel, to to turn off the TV, to, um, you know, swipe down on our news feed uh, and ignore uh, tragic news. But when a loved one, when a neighbor, when somebody who we don't know, but we hear the account firsthand from somebody uh, of what's going on with them, then we have a reckoning. Right, that then we can no longer be apathetic towards that. Um, we we hear their primal scream, and right, the more you you have in relationship, be it a, an intimate relationship again, whatever that means for elements, or be it a friendship, be it a collegial uh, work, uh, less of the sort of um, little Italy's and Chinatowns and type of communities that you sometimes see, which were totally normal because, uh, you know, that's how immigrants uh, immigrate, right? You you see one of the, the largest uh, populations uh, of immigrants uh, coming from parts of India uh, is actually in central New Jersey in, in, in the Edison area. Um, one of the largest Somali communities is in Minneapolis in, in this country, right? It's because you see when uh, certain immigrant families settle in a community and then other immigrants come, they want to settle with 
people that they know that they could be themselves and be in community, uh, that sort of thing. That's also why, you know, you have large Jewish communities in certain areas and Jews tend to migrate to those areas and not smaller Jewish communities were no different. Um, and, but the more you have uh, a, a relationship and a friendship and uh, a, a companionship with those who are different than you and you don't other them, uh, the more you can have this reckoning and understand how we may have harmed other people and how we need to treat other people uh, in spite of or because of their differences. Yes, and uh, there, you know, I think that there, the, part of the challenge here is goes back to what we were talking about assimilation and, and intermarriage. Part of the challenge here is, you know, what risks being lost in that project of uh, of of integration right so the so the uh uh or assimilation i guess is maybe a a a, a less loaded way of putting it um uh, you know there used to be uh you know in places like the lower east side of new york um real repositories of the of the cultural legacy of the old world um you know delicatessens and you know and and pickle makers and you know all sorts of things right um that you know Yidd yiddish theaters whatever right that um that that we really don't have any, i mean there's something of a resurgence of some of these things uh, nowadays when like you said there's a there's you know people are kind of looking back at their ancestry and and kind of rediscovering you know some of these things that that uh may have been lost in that you know, in in the in the uh, course of of, of assimilation, um, but you know that's lucky, right? That we're reading. Sometimes it's it's just you know lost uh, altogether. And so I so there so I I like I understand the the impulse, um, and, and there's something altruistic about it. Like it's you know it's a, like I I think that these are these are positive values in some way. Intention. How do you maintain? Um, uh, you know, on some level, like what, what we might call otherness, you know, uh, like some people might call uniqueness or particularity, which is, you know, supported and reinforced by being in community with other people who are like you, right? Who, you know, who, who like want to eat the foods that they remember too and need a restaurant for that. And, you know, and, and, and want to, uh, you know, uh, continue talking and, and, making art in the in their ancestral language right and so the so there's a community supporting and sustaining that where you know and 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 when those communities start to dissipate um when you know when more assimilation happens um you you it's it's you know it's not only the risk it's the reality that 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 some of those um you know unique cultural touchstones um can sometimes and maybe even often be lost so uh, so you know, it's, Jewish tradition. One of the reasons, classically, for the laws of kashrut, uh, according to rabbinic tradition, rabbis even say this about specifically about uh, drinking wine produced by uh, by those who by by idolaters or, or uh, later Jewish law sometimes applies to all non-Jews. Right? Is uh, it, the argument is specifically to to uh, to discourage uh, intermingling between Jews and non-Jews, social relationships intermarriage between Jews and non-Jews, right? Um, and, 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 and the, like to, to our sensibilities are, are, you know, we live in a pluralistic multicultural society. That's a positive value that we rightly embrace. And yet there was wisdom and there was, um, I think, uh, positive, uh, at least intent 
um, in uh, in in that not only in you know like let's let prevent our kids from marrying their kids, but also um, we want to preserve some you know in group uh, uh, distinctiveness because otherwise um, there won't be anything left of us. Yeah, but I think that is the main difference between assimilate and acculturate, right? That that previous generations believed that. You had to assimilate. You had to truly give up your Jewish self. Um, you know, there's a famous story. Um, I think it's between Salman Schechter and, and Louis Finkelstein uh, walking um, the, the the streets of the Upper West Side. Uh, uh, and Schechter tells Finkelstein that if you want to be a successful rabbi in America, you have to know the game of baseball. Um, because it's not about Talmud. Right. And, and these are these are both rabbis coming from from different places. It's it's not about Torah. It's about understanding the American. And at the time, right, baseball is very much America's pastime. I still believe baseball is America's pastime. Let's go O's. But uh, it, it's it's about understanding. Right. It's the same reason you and I do this podcast. Right. It's about understanding that which occupies uh, communities times and connect that to faith and, and culture and ritual and tradition. Uh, and uh, I think um, right, we are of a, a sect of a denomination of a movement of an ideology, the conservative Judaism that believes that, that it's not uh, all or nothing, right? That we embrace society and we embrace culture and we embrace thoughts uh, and, and we embrace secular norms and still hold on to our, our faith and our tradition. Um, and I think sometimes when you tell somebody they can't do one or the other, they choose one or the other. And, and more often than not, they're, they're not choosing to hold on to our faith. Uh, right. If we believe that our faith can be strengthened by interaction with the larger society, then all the more so uh, we, we, we can successfully do that. Yes, and and it's one of the reasons why you know I'm 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 uh, proud to identify as a, as a conservative Jew, and I and I believe in that approach to Judaism. And what I will also say that it's at the heart of the challenge of conservative Judaism. It's 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 not easy. You know what you just described of uh, balancing, uh, uh, you know, being balancing being you know uh, looking positively toward assimilation and uh, and 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 being. Uh, uh, hesitant about acculturation um, is a really delicate and difficult dance to 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 do, and to uh, a, a, a difficult balance to to maintain. Which which may be uh, why uh, you know one of the reasons why um, you know the conservative movement um, has uh, dwindled in in over recent decades um, because uh, being in that space um, is is. Uh, really a challenge. I think we had, a, there was a moment when, where, where like striking that balance meant a particular thing uh, that was good for, you know, the, uh, the, the membership rosters of conservative synagogues. Um, but, uh, but, but, uh, but we're no longer necessarily in that moment. Uh, and you know, you see much more gravitation uh, toward, you know, either extreme, right. Which is, you know, either, right. Uh, a sort of, even though it never really is, but uh, a, a posture of more, uh, you know, rejection of uh, of you know non-Jewish forms of cultural expression, right? Um, 
uh, what are perceived in any way to be non-Jewish forms of cultural expression, even though they have definitely uh, um, uh, elements in them of uh, of, of non-Jewish forms of cultural expression uh, that are usually unrecognized. Uh, and, you know, just sort of like more wide-scale assimilation, maybe with a with with a couple of, you know, uh, uh, particular practices and, uh, you know, sprinkled in here and there for good measure as a as a way of, you know, kind of maintaining a connection to to uh, some kind of meaningful identity. Um, and, and and being in a in a, you know, in, in this sort of like liberal space of, you know, we want to conserve the tradition, but also uh, um, do that in a way that is harmonious with uh, our new setting and our new environment and, you know, the the opportunities and challenges of the modern era is really hard to do. Arnie Eisen, uh, and this may be the, right, the lesson for us to conclude our conversation on. Uh, Arnie Eisen, the former chancellor uh, of the Jewish Logical Seminary, who by training is a sociologist, speaks about how uh, the first time he visited his adult daughter for Shabbat and went to Shabbat services with her, uh, the Shabbat experience and the service, the synagogue, looked totally different than their home synagogue. Than the synagogue he davens at, the synagogue that he would take her to, that she grew up at as a child. Um, and at first was shocked and surprised, but then came to the conclusion that, of course, right, that her Jewish experience 25 years later should look different than her Jewish experience when she was a child and his experience. The same way our Jewish experience should look different than the Jewish experience of 18th century Poland. Um, and the Jewish experience in Richmond, Virginia, and in South Orange, New Jersey, in 5784, in 2023, should look different than it did a generation ago, even a decade ago, uh, that that our, our community evolves as society evolves, faith evolves as well. But that doesn't mean we let go of it. That means as we're embracing society, we're strengthening our, our commitment and our relationship with our faith and our community as well. I think that that's a great uh, prayer to end on and a, and a prayer for us entering the new year. Well, we want to know what you thought of Elemental. We want to know uh, what you thought of this conversation. Uh, please uh, uh, reach out to us uh, and uh, uh, feel free to uh, hit that subscribe button uh, and uh, share the podcast with, uh, with others who uh, might enjoy this conversation. Uh, we'd uh, love to... Uh, uh, include more people in our discussions uh, in 5784. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, until next time, I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Take care, everyone. Shana Tova.